Hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. I am at Williamson NFL. I am at WilliamsonFootball.com, and I've been pumping out a lot of material there. I promise you some draft guests coming up here, and we have a great one. Elliot Christ is with us today. We're going to talk running backs just to, for this podcast. Elliot joined Ryan McDowell and myself last night on the Dynasty Blueprint, and we were done. I'm like, dude, that was awesome. You want to you want to hop on Locked On with me tomorrow? So, Elliot, what's up, brother? What's going on, man? One more day closer to the draft, you know. I know. Day, yeah. uh, we're almost through silly season, and uh, I'm excited uh, to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it should be fun. And tell everyone what you're doing first of all, who you're working with, what all you're up to, and then we'll start talking running backs. Yeah, so uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Elliot Chris. I just joined for four. We'll be doing a lot of fantasy stuff over there. I have my draft daily podcast where every single day there's a new podcast where we're breaking down a, a player in this upcoming draft with a special guest each week. We've we've done about close to eighty of them already. And uh, let me I stop tweet- you there in case everyone didn't hear. He's doing a podcast every day with a new guest. I mean, that's crazy talk. It feels crazy, honestly. I didn't realize how crazy it was going to be, but, you know, we, we've had a blast doing it and, uh, you know, excited that the draft is almost here. And, uh, you know, I, I tweet out content and thoughts all day long, and I'm just, I'm really excited to uh, talk running backs with you. Yeah. And I haven't told my audience this yet enough, probably. I mean, I've hinted at it, but I haven't really given my lists and whatnot. My top backs are Saquon Barkley at one. And I have told my audience this many times. He's the best running back I've ever scouted. And then Geis at two, Chubb at three, Sony Michelle at four. I'm curious how you see the top of the, the class. So I'm with you on Saquon Barkley. I think people are nitpicking the hell out of him for no, no reason. Uh, yeah, he tries to bounce the ball every once in a while, but... You know, Graham Barfield did a study, and he averages over nine yards per carry when he bounces outside the tackle. So if he's going to average he's over nine, good yards, at it. Yeah, <laughs> <keep> <laughs> it. And you know, he's a he's an elite receiver, and he's great in pass protection. He's a he's a true three down back. Uh, Darius Geis is my RB two. Some of my concerns with him is he has some lazy reps in pass protection. He also has some great reps, so I know he can do it. He's a, he's a very violent runner. He's elusive, great lateral agility. His violent running style is going to lead to him being banged up some this year. We saw it in 2017. That's my major concern with him. Uh, he, he wasn't quite the same guy he was in 2016. And typically when you try to run through people's faces the way he does, you get banged up a little bit. And uh, that, that can be a concern as to just if he can reach a ceiling or not, if he can avoid injuries. I have Sonny Michelle as my third back. I think he can be a fantastic receiver. I think he's he's right there with Saquon Barkley, if not better than Saquon Barkley in pass protection. I think he's got really good vision, uh, really good acceleration, really good anticipation of where his blockers are going to open the holes up. I think he can go down a little bit easier on, at the first level if he hasn't hit his top speed. But, I, again, I'm, I value the receiving ability of a running back in today's NFL so much that Michelle is my third guy. And then I have a surprise guy at number four in John Kelly. Hmm. I, I love his contact balance. I love him as a receiver. He had a high, higher uh, receiving share of the offense than Saquon Barkley did. I think Graham Barfield tweeted out something yesterday. He averaged the most yards per target of any running back in this class as well. I, I think John Kelly is kind of the new age complimentary back where he can handle 12 to 15 touches, great contact balance, really good route runner, good with the ball in his hands, and can be a matchup issue. And 
you know, th- this sounds like a knock on Chubb, but Chubb has he, Chubb's my fifth guy. Chubb has the highest grade I'll give a guy that I don't feel comfortable in the passing game because I think if you just if this this was 2002, you know, and we're not passing 64% of the time, we're having offenses run out of their center and all that stuff. I think Chubb would be a first rounder. I think he's just an incredible runner. I just have questions on his uh, route running, catching, and pass protection ability. Yeah, and and that's legit. I mean, it is a passing league. You're seeing. I mean. To your point, Christian McCaffrey wouldn't have got drafted or as early as he would, you know, ten years ago. I mean, he's a receiver first, and all these guys have to contribute in the passing game, and the more the better. And I've said this to my audience a lot that you know, becoming a quarterback in this league is so difficult, but having a receiving back is such a helpful benefit against linebackers and whatnot. I want to go back just a second though, Chubb and Geis. Neither is very accomplished, I'll put it, as a receiver. But I think both are athletic. I just think that they, I kind of just lean towards they just haven't been used that way, not that they can't do it. And that's fair. I mean, this is a projection thing whenever, again, guys aren't used. Uh, I think guys caught 18 passes, I want to say. Maybe it was a little less than that. I'm blanking on the number off the top of my head. But, you know... When he did catch the ball, he looked very comfortable doing it. He turned up field. He was able to make people miss. LSU's offense is kind of stuck in a different century with the way they run it, with the two right. tight end, fullback, power toss. They have a quarterback block, all that stuff. I don't quite understand what they're doing, but <laughs> they keep doing it. Um, so I, I think – and guys played some wide receiver in high school. I think he's more in line to be a good receiver. With Chubb, I was talking to Charles McDonald, who's watched Chubb and studied Chubb every year of his career at Georgia, and he said the one thing that hasn't really come back since the knee injury was the lateral agility, which plays a big part of the route running ability. Yeah. Chubb only had he had less than sixty pass blocking reps uh, this past year at Georgia. I think he never caught more than six passes in a season after his knee injury. So I, I kind of wonder if he's going to have that aspect of his game. Now, if he does, then then I'm going to miss on him in terms of my grade, and I should have had him much higher. But I, I feel more comfortable with guys developing in that area than I do with Chubb. Yeah, and I do like how you said you'd love Chubb as a runner, as a hand the ball to him. You know, he gets a very high grade from you that way. Speaking of grades... Hypothetical, you're the Giants, and you've decided Eli is still the man. You know, I'm just making this up as I go. And you're choosing between Barkley and Chubb. Are you, I guess this is where I'm going, is are you one of these people that don't draft a running back high? Or if if it's a 100 scale and you have a 99 grade on Barkley and a 92 on Chubb, are you taking the, the running back? So in this situation, I would try to trade down in that rumored three-team trade where somehow the Giants go from two to five with the Broncos and the Bills jump to five and you know, and then try mm-hmm. to get one of the guys at five. But obviously, you've eliminated that possibility for me. I, I believe in Saquon Barkley. I personally would take the quarterback. But in this situation, if I'm not interested in one of the quarterbacks, I would take Barkley because I think he's... He's the best non-quarterback prospect in the class. And I think that the reason he's the exception to the rule that drafting a running back early is because of that receiving ability and what you can do with him on the field and create matchup issues everywhere. The Giants love to run 11 personnel. If you have Evan Ingram in there and Saquon Barkley, teams are going to have to keep linebackers in there for when you run the football. But you can split both those guys out and have a five-wide set with two linebackers on the field and create mismatches for guys all over the field for a team that— Shepard and Odell— Right, like, <laughs> yeah, right. 
know how you stop that. So if the Giants are tempted by that, I get it. If they believe they can win now, I mean, they're by far the most talented team in the top five, in my opinion. I mean, the year before they went to the playoffs, right? And yep. there's a lot of a lot of skill on that team. And if they do believe that Eli Manning's got three, four years left and they can really win with him, Saquon Barkley does make sense to me because of how dynamic he is in the receiving game, how much of a home run threat he is. And with those weapons they already have on the team, teams could not focus on Saquon Barkley, and he would probably create big play after big play. Yeah, and I didn't plan on going down this road of philosophical, you know, should is it okay to draft running backs high or not? However, you know, people that say you shouldn't say, well, look at Hunt, look at Kamara, look at Jordan Howard. And I'm like, yeah, that's wonderful. You know, there's other good players at other positions that you get in the third round, too. There's also a lot of backs that got picked on day two and day three that are out of the league in two years, too. And you look at the backs that have been drafted early, the last five years or so, they're very, very safe. And I don't think the Cowboys, the Rams, the Jags are unhappy with their selections. Yeah, and on top of that, you know, I got in trouble on Twitter for this, but I agree with you. One of the things I said is I think it's funny how people are knocking Saquon Barkley going top 10, but are all for Mika Fitzpatrick and Quentin Nelson going top 10, as if, you know, slot corners and strong safeties and guards aren't littered with late-round picks across the NFL and right, some of the right, right. players in the NFL. I mean, listen – can you get running backs later? Is this a deeper class? Yes. Are those running backs on the same strat tier as Saquon Barkley? No. no. I mean, he's, he's a very special player, and that's why we're talking about this. I mean, he's he's the most athletic running back that I've ever seen. He's the most developed pass-catching running back that I've ever seen. And his home run ability is as good as anybody. And I love the people that knock him, basically call him a 230-pound Reggie Bush or a 230-pound Darren Sproles. What's wrong with that? <laughs> if they were thirty pounds, they would have they they would have destroyed the NFL. Right, <laughs> Reggie Bush would be in the Hall of Fame if he was two hundred thirty pounds. You know, what, so it's why is, right? The insults for him are actually giant compliments. Exactly. I mean, to say that, and like you said, I really like Graham Barfield's um, analysis of the offensive line play too. You know, that I, I remember him saying, Pe- or not Penny uh, um, Kelly, you love, and Barkley had two of the worst blocking lines in front of them. So no wonder he's bouncing things, too. Yeah. Uh, Penn State's offensive line is a mess. And people love to bring up that Ohio State game, the fact that he didn't rush for 100 yards. Well, I mean, he did score two touchdowns and return a kick for uh, a touchdown, and he had that big play. But I counted, of his nine tackles, or nine carries that were tackles for loss, seven of them, by the time he got the football, there was already one to two defenders in the backfield. And, you know, I don't really care wow. if you are – Man, if there if there are two Ohio State guys in your face by the time you get the football, you're you're done. So I I think that you know if you box score scout him, you're you're doing him a real disservice. And even if you do box score scout him, if you just include the kick return and receiving ability, then he had a big game in every single game there was. So I I think people are overthinking Saquon Barkley. I think they've had too much time to evaluate the guy that's the best player in the draft. All right. Two guys that are commonly on that next tier. And for a while there, you heard some possible first-round buzz. I don't think either one's a first-round pick. But I'm having a little bit of a hard time wrapping my head around Rashad Penny and Ronald Jones. Yeah, so am I, to be honest. I think 
first off, Penny tested better than I thought he was. I actually didn't think he had that home run speed, but he obviously did. He's got the kick returning history. I think he's got really good vision. He's got really good contact balance. He can he can run through contact. I, I mean, PFF has been tweeting that graphic nonstop about his yards after contact. Uh, my big issues with him is I think he's a disaster in pass protection, and he's at best right now a dump-off receiver. So I, I wonder about him in that area. And then you bring Ronald Jones into it. He's he's a great open field player. He's got that home run speed, great acceleration. I think he's got adequate to above-average vision, pretty good in a zone scheme on stretch plays. Uh, he can go down real easily on first contact at the line of scrimmage. He's a smaller guy. I mean, and then you add in the fact that he he didn't really catch passes at all at USC or in high school. And USC is a team that uses their running backs to catch passes. He lost that that job to Stephen Carr, a freshman. So that, I think that's uh, a troublesome sign. And you know, when you get a guy that's a between the tackles guy that's 208 pounds, you typically don't see a ton of those guys succeeds and you know i hear a lot of reports on nfl teams view him as a 12 to 15 touch guy and that wouldn't surprise me at all and if you're going to have the 12 to 15 touch guy that doesn't catch passes i don't think that's a guy you take in the first round or probably not in the second round either yeah and if barkley cost me a hundred bucks guys chubb and michelle cost me 80 bucks and penny and jones cost me 70 75 i'm just talking like draft capital I'm probably going to go with Carrion Johnson, Royce Freeman, your guy John Kelly at 60 cents. You know what I mean? Like, if that's where they're going in the draft, I think they're for somebody else instead of for me. I agree with you, uh, especially Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is someone I would let someone else draft. And Carrion Johnson, I think, is one of the more interesting ones because I don't necessarily think he's great at anything, but I don't necessarily think he has a flaw either. I think he's kind of. Mm-hmm. I compare him to Draymond Green, basically saying that he's he's good at everything but not great at anything. Um, but Daniel Jeremiah has been talking about he's he receives first round hype. I don't see a first round player, but I could absolutely see a guy that goes in the second round and makes a real impact in the NFL. And good patience, good vision, uh, powerful runner, one cut, explosion, uh, runs a little high. You know, is susceptible to injuries, but most running backs are. So I, I think Johnson's a guy I'm really interested in. You mentioned Royce Freeman. Freeman's vision is, I think, the best in the class. He tested amazingly well. I didn't see that coming. I didn't think he was that level of athlete. He's got some receiving production in his career at Oregon. I don't necessarily think he's the kind of guy that you can split out wide and win matchups, but you can dump the ball off to him. I think he's the kind of guy that if you have a good offensive line, he's going to get everything in block that's blocked and more. But if you get put him behind a a lesser offensive line. I don't think he's a guy that can create on his own. So I think his landing spot is going to be real important. But if he goes behind a good offensive line, I think he can have a lot of success in the NFL. Yeah, that's interesting. And Johnson, you know, I'm on the air here in Pittsburgh a ton, and I do I work for Steeler Nation Radio. He's a guy that I've mentioned many times as maybe he's you know your late second round guy for the Steelers. He's not Lev Bell, but the patience and the versatility I think are at least in the same stratosphere, you know, same style. I can't see him as a first-rounder, though. Yeah, I'm with you. I, Daniel Jeremiah said that, and it surprised me. I think I think second round of the Steelers makes a lot of sense. He gets that Le'Veon Bell comp. I don't think he's as good as Bell. But sure. like you pointed right. out, the patience that Bell runs with, the, stylistically, he's like Bell. So I think that makes a lot of sense in terms of a smooth transition um, in terms of a future Steeler. Is there a name on your list that should be in this group? 
Um, or who's next up for you? Or, you know, if all these guys, everyone we've mentioned, you're you're on the clear GM, Barkley, Geist, Chubb, Michelle, Penny, Jones, Johnson, Freeman, and Kelly are all off the board. That's like, what, eight guys. Is there somebody that's standing above the rest, or is it still, no? or is it there? I mean, or is it just, you know, just some other good dudes? Well, I think it it really depends on my team, but a couple guys I really like are teammates actually in college, and that's Jalen Samuels and Naheem Hines. Now, Hines is a track athlete who was a former slot receiver, first year playing running back this past year full-time with Matthew Days moving on, and he broke the 1,000-yard barrier. Uh, He caught a ton of passes, explosive player, solid vision, really good in stretch plays. I think you could use him as a satellite back and kind of take advantage of his receiving ability, split him out wide, create matchup issues. And so I like him there in that role. And then Jalen Samuels, you know, he, he does everything. He, he was a slot receiver, tight end, H back, running back, and the Wildcat quarterback at NC state led the country the last couple of years in 20 plus yard plays. Um, you, he's a refined receiver. He, he can do everything. I just, I think he's, not a running back. He's never had more than 100 uh, carries in a season. So he's not a kind of guy you build your offense around. But you could get really creative with him and move him all over the field and kind of create matchup issues and personnel issues for the defense. So from an NFL perspective, I'd be very intrigued with Jalen Samuels. Yeah, I could certainly see that. Um, my issue with Samuels, this is, he's somebody I want on my football team. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind about that. But some people are calling him a tight end. How many 5'11 tight ends are out there? Like, he's not going to line up and uproot defensive ends or, you know, do Jimmy Graham things. But I do think he could be a really valuable special teamer, number two receiver, fullback, all the above type guy. Yeah, that's. I think that's why he gets the Delaney Walker comparisons because that's the only real guy that's 5'11 in the tight end position that succeeded. Um, I would I would play him at running back, slot receiver, H, but I would just move him around. Kind of the way the Patriots use Rex Burkhead. That's kind of my comp for him. Mm, okay. Um, where, you know, they split him out in the slot. They kind of just find ways to get him the ball, and he makes plays. You don't necessarily build your offense around him, but he's a piece. And, you know, I think when you were talking about a day three guy, when you can get a guy that's a piece and creates matchup issues, he can help you win right away and long term. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I and, mean, again, if you're getting him in the fourth, fifth round, I want him on my team. A guy I don't want on my team that I think is going to get overdrafted and that, you know, we just know how people get infatuated with athleticism is Kalen Balazs. Yeah. Um, I don't know your thoughts on him, but he's for somebody else, not for me. Yeah. I, I, the thing I like about Balazs is I think he is a good receiver. Yes. Um, yes. So I think, you know, in terms of the satellite back, the, the pass so, catching back, I think so he now could I'm use- interested. I'm going to interrupt you for a second because you ding Chubb for questionable receiver, great runner. And I look at Bellage and I see the opposite and it's, yeah. you know, I'm sitting there in my head going, well, you know, your points were really valid earlier about how important that is nowadays. So where do you, where does he stack up then? Bellage is a really difficult evaluation. And I've even heard people suggest moving him to big slot because I think, wow. Like I think he's, Marcus he's, Colston. Yeah. Oh, something like that. I mean, he played defensive vision. end for Arizona. His vision is is that of Stevie Wonder. Like I, he never knows. Where <laughs> he's going. And when he tries to cut, you know, he really shuffles his feet and slows down. He, I think, he would do terrible in a zone scheme. I, 
I, I don't really want him carrying the football. I mean, even as a power guy, because that's what you would think, right? He never broke more than 17 carries, tackles in a season. And he uh, averaged only 2.7 yards after contact, which is terrible for a guy his size. I mean, he's one of those guys that looks like Tarzan plays like Jane, right? But yeah. when he does build up the head of speed, he can do a lot of things in the open field. And he can really catch the football. And, you know, he can, he can run some wide receiver routes. So I would take him in, like, the fifth round and see if I can develop him in that area. But I, w- I agree with you. I th- if he goes in the third round, if he's a late day two, early day three guy, I think there are a, a much better, more refined players that you can get. Yeah, and you know, I heard some Derrick Henry comparisons in terms of 40 time, size, tall, athlete, looks like a defensive end. He's not, I don't think he's Derrick Henry. I, yeah, I just, I just think that's big athletic guy, and then I, yeah. I don't see that at all. Two more names for you, then I will let you go. Um, some guys I'm intrigued with as maybe third, fourth rounders, number two backs. Have some questions, of course, though, or they'd have gone higher. Mark Walton from the U and Justin Jackson from Northwestern. Uh, let's start off with Mark Walton. Um, his testing numbers really hurt him. and his Bad. Yeah. I mean, that, that was a little surprising to me how bad he was in that area. He doesn't uh, play like that, though, from what I've seen. I mean, he doesn't look like a slow player. Is he still – maybe he's not, not healthy? Yeah, I mean, he had the ankle injury, and there are certain games where you see – and he looks fantastic. So I, I feel very comfortable with Mark Wallen for what he is because I think he's a great pass blocker. I think he's a good receiver. I think he's a guy you kind of give 12 to 15 touches. He has pretty good vision. He's, he's a good lateral agility. I think he lacks some long speed. But I think he's one of these guys that you don't necessarily – he's not necessarily like a uh, game changer, but he's a really good piece of the offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if your league guy goes down or you give him 10 carries a game or he's Melvin Gordon's backup or something along – you know, something that is going to you know, not be a bell cow but be a valuable guy on your team for four or five years. And how about Justin Jackson? Are you familiar with him? Uh, yeah, I've watched him some. You know, I need to watch him a little bit more because mm-hmm. his combine really blew him up. When, but I, I think that he does a lot of things that I uh, I like. I think he can catch the football. I think he's got pretty good vision. I think he's probably going to be a fourth or fifth round pick because um, I think with a lot of these backs, it's going to be team dependent on where they go. Um, but I, I think there's certainly aspects of his game where you know he's a highly productive guy too. I, I think there's a, a lot to like with him and you know he, he's incredibly experienced too he played a lot at Northwestern yeah he played a lot and had a lot of carries all through his career which worries me a little since he is kind of a smaller guy I wonder what his shelf life is like yeah I agree because he took a beating at 511 what is he 205 or something like that yeah and in that neighborhood they, they gave him a ton of work and you know I, I think he was kind of he's kind of like a, a good player not really great at anything he I think he tested a little bit better I think he's kind of a backup running back that can come in the league and, and do some things, but not necessarily a guy that I want to kind of a lesser version of Mark Walton, I would guess, in terms of the role I'd want to have him in. Yeah, I could see that. And Walton, again, is someone I kind of just have an eye on, thinking maybe he's going to be a better NFL player than what we saw test-wise. Maybe he's just not totally over that ankle. And, you know, that's, you know, I was a former scout and those are things that scouts know. They go in those buildings and people will tell you, oh, he's 80% or, you know, people you trust. If he ends up going in like the second or third round, it's going to really, you know, open my eyes and say he might be better than everyone realizes. 
Yeah, that that would be a huge telltale sign that uh, teams thought it was the ankle and not him because he did improve in his pro day. No, uh, yeah, good point. Uh, so uh, I I liked his tape. You know, there's not necessarily a lot of 2017 tape. I liked his 2016 tape, and you know, a guy that can catch passes and block for you out of the backfield. That's a, that's a guy that's going to have a role on an NFL team. Yeah, it's right up your alley, Elliot. This is awesome. Tell everyone where to find you. Again, I know you're uh, doing a ton of work right now, and obviously your podcast is killing it. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Elliot Chris, 1L, 1T, and Elliot, no H in Chris. Uh, you can check out the Draft Daily podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. Just search Draft Daily Pod, or you can search it on Google, and it'll come up with every single option for you as well. And, uh, Matt, I just want to thank you for the opportunity. This is a blast talking running backs with you. Yeah, I could do it for much longer, but we'll let you, we'll let you off the hook, man. Thanks. This was a blast. <laughs> thank you.